going to take it. Got it! Boston wins! Two legends in basketball analysis with over 70 years combined experience. This is the Bob Ryan and Jeff Goodman podcast. NBA, some college, a little bit of everything. You know, what can I say? But it wasn't going to happen here with him. I was okay with it because it wasn't about talent, I didn't think. All right, let's get right to it. All right, welcome in another edition of the Ryan and Goodman podcast. Uh, we'll take you through some of the uh, the biggest ongoings over the past week. And uh, Bob, let's get right to it. Let's get right to it. And Bob Knight returned to Assembly Hall at Indiana. It had been 20 years since he returned. I did a podcast with Pat Knight the other day, which I thought was really enlightening at how it went down. Mm-hmm. And uh, he talked about how really it was Randy Whitman who kind of got it done and called Bob Knight and thought he was going to get absolutely crucified like he did years ago when Bob blasted him for asking. But this time, Randy had had a few, a few beers. He called up. He put the phone away from his ear, was expecting <laughs> to be blasted. And instead, Bob Knight said, do you think anybody will actually show? And uh, it, they showed. They showed. And he's, he's revered there in Bloomington. He moved back a few months ago, and that also uh, aided this to, to happen when it did. Um, what, what's your, I guess, what's your perception of Bob Knight? Is he the guy that, um, got ran, ran out of, of Bloomington or is what, I guess, what, what's your thoughts on, on him as a human being, as a coach? I devoted a chapter in my book. Uh, I had six, uh, profiles of people. Four of them were Celtics, okay. uh, people oriented. The fifth was Chuck Daly, who I had a relationship that dated back to 1969 when he came to Boston College. And the sixth was Robert Montgomery Knight. I did not know that. Because I did have a, a, an on and off, fascinating, undulating, roller coastery relationship with, with, with Bob Knight, as I'm sure did so many. Yep. That could describe their relationship as you never know from one day to the next where you stand. Okay. And mine dated back from 1976. My summation of all this is, like so many people, I've seen the good side. Yep. I've seen the, 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 the humorous side. I've seen the charitable side. I've seen the, the magnanimous side. I've seen the, the brilliant intelligence side, in addition to go with the bullying and, and the nonsense. You know? And, and you know, my take is, that if he would only hold, he, he holds everybody else accountable, but not himself. You know, I think that's a standard yep. viewpoint. Yep. And I wish him well. But I, here's the thing. This whole thing with any, any, you know, the stubbornness to not go back to the, the, just not do it with, for the 1976 championship. Yeah, yeah. That's the one he should have done it for. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Bury the hatchet. Stop being, you're not bigger than this. This is, you know, you, they want you there. You deserve to be there. This is the last undefeated team. We all know how much it means to everybody involved. Right. So, and it's yeah. sad. It's sad, Bob, that it had to happen with Bob Knight looking the way he did. Well, right. Oh, we, now we know, sure. Now he's 79. We know he's had public exp- uh, d- displays that he's yeah. not in the best, displays, right. not in the best way. Let's just put it that way, you yep. know. And, and, uh, and, and you, you know, it's too bad he waited so long, you know, to put himself on public display in this regard. Here's what I was concerned about, and I'm going to uh, shut up at the moment, which is I assumed that the way he was going until he came back and did, did and showed this gesture, or maybe even by the time when I first heard he went back to Bloomington, that was a shock. Yeah, you know, that was in October. And then he went to a baseball game or something. Yep. Okay, that he would die embittered and perhaps even friendless. 
And it looks as if maybe this is the, an indication that's not going to be the case. And that for that, I'm a hundred percent. And that's what Pat said. Pat said, listen, what this does is, is it not only allows all the former players now to not have to feel like they're crossing uh, the picket line to show <laughs> up. I love games, that. Right. I mean, it's he true. They couldn't go that's, back. That's a great one. I love that. That's good. Oh, you know? and I know how much I know Quinn Buckner. I know how what he thinks. I know how much he. Oh, they love him. Loves Coach Knight. I know how the many. Be, of the- hey, the best thing. I, I know you didn't listen to the podcast, but the best line he had, the best line Pat Knight had was, I think, the day before. Bob looked at it, and Pat was worried that he was going to bail all week, so he flew out. Pat lives in Vegas. He flew out on like Monday. Mm-hmm. You know, ceremony's not till Saturday. Oh wow! And every day he's worried. He's calling. Yeah, he's calling Quinn Buckner. He's calling Whitman. He's calling everybody to make sure. And, and the day before, his dad he says, "Dad, you still you still good with this?" And uh, Bob looks at him and he says, uh, "Yeah, on one condition. Uh, are there going to be any assholes there?" <laughs> <laughs> Pat yes. says, "Pat says, don't worry. If there's going to be the assholes, I'll take care of them." <laughs> and the, it was it was good. Pat was great. It was a, a podcast that if you have not listened to, I'll, I'll go check it out. Uh, you really should. It, no, good no, place podcast. It was one of the best I've ever done. Not because of me, really. Pat just went on and on about how how they got to this place, what it meant for his father, what it meant for him as his son. It was it, it was really really good because Pat Knight, kind of like his dad, there's absolutely no bullshit with him whatsoever, Bob. Right. You know, I mean, the way it ended, that didn't we know it for, before, long before the the actual firing, long before that. Hey, hey, night, you know, and and, and night going off and up. Yeah, it was the last several years. You you when you would encounter them in the tournament at 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 Indiana, not necessarily Texas Tech. Yeah. When you would encounter them in the tournament, you could absolutely tell uh, when they're that their season, they just wanted to get it over with every year. Yeah, they yeah. they were they, the end of the season was a relief. And when they well, lost, he couldn't the, coach. Or the he couldn't coach round. the way he wanted to those kids either, Bob. As, as listen, he couldn't coach today. I mean, I asked Pat. I said, "Who's the coach in college that your dad always said was closest to him, or who do you think was?" Co-? And he said, "Tom Izzo, no doubt, Tom Izzo." But could Tom Izzo today, if he came into college basketball, coach the way he coached? No, he's built up that equity where he can do yeah. it now, and yeah. every kid coming in knows how they're going to be coached. They're not going to Michigan State unless they know, hey, you know what? He's going to jump me. He's going to, he's going to coach me old school. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, 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 so I'm glad he did it. I'm glad, yeah, and I'm, you know, and, and uh, you know, I just, uh, you know, I, I, anyway, I'm just glad he did it. Uh, he's so fascinating. He's one of the most, most interesting characters that any of us have ever dealt with. You know, and 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 own worst enemy is like that's his probably should have been on his tombstone. I was my own worst enemy because he created situations that did not have to exist. You know, and I have seen. I'm telling you, the people, some of the stuff that I, you know, the, the hilarity. I mean, but you know, this night uh, in Indianapolis in '92, I wrote about it in Basketball Times. Was was a, it's just an it was an amazing night. But uh, uh, with night, you know, was it was. But that was if people could have seen that night. You know, they would have a different opinion of him, you know, but he would he you know, but he would he made sure that it was, you know, you know, it was always going to be done his way. Always, 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 always. But one of the things he told me that night, he said, yeah, and it's yeah. interesting that this, he chose Purdue and we all know that he had a friend. He did like Gene Cady. Yeah, was, yeah. He, he, the, that night he said, you know, people, people don't realize I got a lot of friends up in Lafayette, you know, 
which doesn't mean that somebody living in Fargo or in Belmont, Massachusetts. Right. But if you live in, in, in uh, you know, Indiana, wow, that's a revelation. <laughs> yes, I, I think he was probably overstating his case of how many friends he probably had in West Lafayette. I think Gene Cady has been a friend probably after they retired. I'm oh, not sure absolutely. how friendly they were when they went toe-to-toe uh, at that point. All right, you mentioned he was his own worst enemy. You know who else is, is his own worst enemy? James Dolan. James oh, Dolan oh, and the New oh, York Knickerbockers oh, oh. are their own worst enemy. All right, we'll try to sum this up in two parts, what has transpired in the last week. I'll give my my part of it, and then you can move on to, uh, to the other train wreck. So they hired Leon Rose as their new president, incoming president. Leon Rose is, uh, has run CAA for years uh, as a sports agent, represents the Devin Bookers, Carl Anthony Towns, Mike, uh, I think Mike Conley now. I, I thought I saw his name, which baffles me. But anyway, anyway, uh, he was going to bring over a guy named World Wide West, William Wesley, William who West. I've known for a long time, who's kind of this mythical figure in some respects. Because, to me, he is, because I've never met him, but I'm so well aware of the myth- yeah. mythology surrounding Walter Wesley. Yeah, somebody wrote a story years ago. He's the most powerful man in, in sports or <laughs> basketball. It's a bunch of bullshit. He, was, he actually had some juice years ago, Bob. He hasn't really had much juice over the last five years. But basically, this guy who sits in the front row in, in a lot of sporting events is very close to Calipari um, because of their relationship through uh, Dewan Wagner. Okay, the one who played for Cal at Memphis. Uh, He's from Camden, New Jersey. So is is Wes. Worked at a shoe store in Camden, New Jersey, coming up when he was younger, blah, 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 blah. But he's been this guy who, um, again, supposedly has juice. He was he was close. He's he's tight with Nike, Michael Jordan when he was younger, then LeBron. And then they had kind of a falling out uh, Mm -hmm. with LeBron. So Leon Rose went to CAA. Uh, Wes went with Leon. But Wes was in with LeBron and Rich Paul and that group, and they went their way. And then uh, Wes went with Leon Rose and helped start a coaches division at CAA, mm-hmm. Creative uh, Artists, whatever it's called. Um, I should know. I was represented by them for years till I got <laughs> rid of them. Uh, but whatever, CAA. Um, and, and Wes really didn't get any coaches. He had like Tibbs. He had like Mike Rice, the former mm-hmm. Rutgers coach. That was he, nice. Yeah, I mean, he had a bunch of, of, of okay coaches, and now he's supposed to go with Leon Rose to the Knicks, right? It's out there. He's going to go with them. And then uh, Sham Sharania, who works with me at Stadium, tweeted out last night that World Wide West is no longer going to the Knicks. And everybody said, oh, my God, Knicks fans are all worried. And I tweeted out, no, no, this is by design because World Wide West, and I hate to call him World Wide West. I, I call him William. Okay. Because I just don't want to give him the satisfaction of giving him more juice <laughs> than he really has. Uh, because I don't think he's got much over the last few years. Anyway, he can do whatever he wants if he's not affiliated with the Knicks. If he's affiliated with the Knicks, he has restrictions. Oh, yeah. He can't talk to college players. He can't talk to high school players. He can't talk to the high school players, the coaches. There are all sorts of restrictions. You can't talk to a kid in college until they declare for the draft. So if he did these things, uh, they could be fined or, or whatnot. Now he can run rampant and do whatever the hell he wants and talk to everybody. That's why he is not going to join the New York Knicks because they understand Leon Rose so, gets he's far more valuable yeah. when he's not on the payroll officially. He'll be on the unofficial payroll. Be That's on, all. So he'll be okay. I just want to yeah. understand, make it make it clear. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Now let's get to Mister. How do you pronounce his name? Suit S O U T E. 
I don't know, some marketing dude, right? Yeah, so Nick, more than that. What uh, happened? I, well, he, is, he started out in the music business, and he represented, among others, Mary Kay Blige. Oh, yeah. Or Jay Blige, excuse me. And, and, uh, that, that, and, and other artists. And he branched out from the music business uh, uh, and uh, he's, got, uh, he's entrepreneurial. Uh, yeah. he's, he's had his fingers in all kinds of different stuff. And he's here as a brand. He was hired before Leon Rose, right? As a branding guy, you know, and, and yeah, yeah. yeah, and and he he's talking himself to Drake, didn't he? So, yeah, he's talking about Drake. You know, Toronto has Drake, and <laughs> the Knicks have me. Oh, really? Who? Who the hell are you? Well, he's in, he's from he's he's a born and bred New Yorker. He's he's, uh, he's fifty years old, born in seventy, and uh, he grew up with you know when the Knicks when because he was little, he doesn't remember. He can't say he saw Clyde and Walton. Bradley and 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 everybody. Oh, he but, saw Charles Smith. Course, he saw Charles but, Smith miss the layup. Yeah. That's what he saw. But that he grew up when you know when he was a, a tot. The Knicks were great, you know. And uh, anyway, so he's got he's heard all those stories anyway. Anyway, he he wants to restore the glory. He believes in the glory of New York. He believes his rhetoric includes that this is the mecca of effort, not just, you know, who hit him over the head, Bob, who hit him over the head that he believes well, in, this? you know, in his lifetime. Let's see, when he was 20 years old, uh, 16 years old, the Giants won. When he was 20, the Giants won. When he was, uh, you know, he's seen the Giants win. The Yankees, you know, he lived through the Yankees in the late, six, late 90s. Right. So he lived through that. All right, so he's had a taste of that, but uh, basketball in the last uh, thirty years, uh, I don't think so, or fifty, frankly. And what did, he, what did he say, Bob? Did he say that Mike Miller, the interim coach, was not coming back? Is that what he said? Yes. That was kind of the. He just talked in generalities, you know, about what, about what needs to be done, and oh, like, you know, the word, you know, the the, the word of the century, culture. You know, yeah, that culture. they got a culture, culture. and they, and they need to get the guys to appreciate. You know, the, the who appreciate that New York, what New York is, and you know, we all know. Okay, oh, this is all wonderful rhetoric, fantastic. I mean, just boom, bam, bang the drums. Who's still the president? In New York? Who still owns the Knicks? That's the problem. That's I mean, the problem. Is, ultimately, is he, is he, and until James Dolan says, "I am going on a year expedition to Antarctica uh, to, to study climate change." A uh, year. He needs to go longer than that. At least a year. A minimum, you know, with the, I mean, with the option to go. Hey, just, let's uh, let's not forget the Knicks going to get Steve better. Steve Kerr, Bob, Steve Kerr thought about going to the Knicks years ago, right? And chose Golden State over the Knicks. Smartest movie ever made. You know, like who I, who, would I, it, who who would you would you hire Mark Jackson at this point if, if he even would take the job? I'm not the biggest coaching fan of, of I mean, there's worse coaches, there's better coaches. I mean, you uh, you know, I don't. I, he he had a. A level of success with the Warriors, no question, he can point to. But I honestly thought that that the year before, that his last year there, that they underachieved. That I thought that they had the best one to twelve roster in the entire league, and and that he wasn't getting enough out of them. Uh, that that and, but but believe me, there's a lot. He's he's at least a mid level coach. You know, uh, so uh, if they they could do worse, they could do better. Uh, they they but they think they'd be marrying themselves to some Nick Glory, you know, as if his era, you know, they they got to the finals. You got to the finals, right. you know, Patrick and all that. Better you know? than they've done. You know, Certainly right. better than they've done. And he's he's a hometown guy. Right. So and he's, he's, he's got all the New York pedigree, you know, St. Right. John, Star, and, and all that. So, and then Nick, and, and, you know, rookie of the year. Yeah. And he was, and, and you know yeah. who Dick Vitale's touting? You know who Dick Vitale wants? Uh, not Coach Cal. No, no, no. He's off that one. Similar. 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 Oh, oh, uh, Come on, I'm, I'm, I'm he wants to bring Catino back. Oh, Rick, of course. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, he's been beating the drums and tweet, tweet for, for Rick. <laughs> no, but you can't. I don't think you can sell Rick. Do you think you, you can't? Can sell Listen, Cal and Patino don't 
fit in the NBA. I, they can't change. They can't change. They're still about Cal and Rick. And, and that doesn't work in today's NBA. It didn't, it didn't work 20 years ago. That's right. How's and it going to work about, now? Look at the world of the Boos. This, this is a Budenholzer, Spolstra, uh, uh, Nick Nurse world, you know, yep. with Pops, right. the great godfather. And we know he's, uh, he's rounding third and heading for home. He's about three quarters of the way down the third baseline right now. Don't you think? Yeah. By the way, they're still, wouldn't it be something if they made a firehouse finish and got in the playoffs? You know, be great. It'd that'd be, be great. I mean, I, I wouldn't put it past them. But I, I just think again that the NBA has changed. We know yeah, it was yeah. always a players' league, but but never more than it is today. So the coach has to take a back seat, at least uh, on the surface. And I don't think Calipari or Patino. I think Rick would be more able to do it because he's been humbled and ha- has been in Greece the last. Well, you few assume years. he's been humbled. Yeah, good point. That might be along the lines of did Potus learn something from the impeachment? You know, he learned this lesson. I don't know that Rick's learned any lessons. We need to have that uh, demonstrated, you know, to us. I'm Wait, not, hey, I, would, would you want Rick Pitino back at your alma mater? If they could hire him, if they could. Let's say all the NCAA stuff, he's cleared, well, and, and you're a BC guy. I'm a would BC you guy. Take Pitino back? I, I, I can't imagine. Well, no, I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to deal with the baggage. I don't want to. No. <laughs> No, no. I mean, there's, uh, they need they need to upgrade. I understand that, and and we know he can coach. And boy, wouldn't that be a full cycle thing since he started? He's an out elite his, coach, Bob. Bob, how I'm, many better coaches no, no, no. are there out there than Rick Pitino as a coach? Right, right. Oh, not hand. Oh, n- not many. You you don't need much more than this one right. hand to, to to enumerate. The, I mean, the problem in Boston was you gave him you gave him carte blanche to do the personnel stuff, and that was a train wreck. Oh no! They right. Uh, oh yeah, and then you know, usurping Red's title was unforgivable, and and, and uh, you know, we're still waiting for the farewell press conference. He promised, by the way, when it, uh, <laughs> I don't think we'll get that. Maybe he'll get a come, you know, a comeback press. Yeah, conference. right. He comes back from Boston, which then we can he can he can address the Celtic issue from two thousand one and, and and have closure. That's right. <laughs> no, he's a, that's he's an enticing and t- tantalizing prospect. He's still young enough to get the job done, uh, you know, and uh, absolutely. Uh, but I. I don't know. I I I can't see anybody uh, reputable hiring. I really can't. All right, let, let, let's talk something a little bit more uplifting. All right, you know, yes. we, right? We need something. Yeah, Jason Tatum. When when I said before wow. he ever played a game, Robert, I tweeted, Jason Tatum will have a better career than Paul Pierce and will be a Hall of Famer. He had never played one NBA game. People crushed me. Oh, crushed me. <laughs> and and I get it. Listen, I get it because they hadn't seen him play, yeah. you know, a hundred plus times like I had in person between AAU, high school, and 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 a Duke. So I understand it. Are are you with me now? Are you or am I still? I, I want to go that. I'm 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 on board that they made a great decision on draft day to trade there to get him. Obviously, the uh, you know, and and by the way, I'm glad Fultz is going to have a career. I'm happy for him. I yeah, think we, let's be aside. If people aren't paying attention, Markel Fultz has a career now, and yeah. he's going to have a, an NBA career. He's never going to be merited as the number one pick in the draft, but he's going to have a ten or twelve year NBA career. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, I, I'm just I'm happy because he what happened to him was sad, you know. And, and I'm glad he can resurrect himself. Now, Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum is 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 a terrific, the big thing to step up this year. A couple things, uh, uh, just assertiveness. You know, the, the, as a rookie, the thing that, that that caught my eye the most as a rookie, Jeff, was that extraordinary first step. His his going to the basket. 
was, and then he, he got away from it last year. And, and uh, you know, and but the whole thing was off kilter for them last year between, you know, he never, you know, uh, Jalen Brown. Don't say, don't say the name. Don't, don't say that name that I know he's going to come out of your mouth. Jalen Brown figured it out after a while, but Jason, I don't think ever did. But now Jason had an off-season tutorial with the late Kobe Bryant. And, and I know our, our good friend, my good friend Jackie McMullen said, well, that's wonderful, but the guy that he should be trying to emulate is Paul George. Not Kobe, but I think it's not so much that Kobe was was instructing him in tech in technique or as much as, much as mental yes. approach and, right. and awareness. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I think that's what he, he picked up from Kobe uh, and Bryant. But people don't know this outside in the outside world. But he had a uh, he spent a lot of time with Kobe last summer, and and he has clearly benefited from it. Uh, the big thing up this year, everybody's talking about is defense. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he's up to his defensive game. Uh, you know, Brown was the one who had the defensive calling card from the start. He had to learn how to shoot better, blah, blah, blah. And, and Taysom was the other way around. Um, that's a formidable forward duo. And, and they're still in there. You know, Brown is like the gray beard at 20. And um, no, Tatum, his player of the week, he made the all-star team. Uh, how about the back-to-back? They had players that both made player of the week. Yeah. At, I mean, but the Tatum is every, he's making you look good, Jeff. You're, you're, you're on, you're, your prophecy is, is now starting to take some shit. Yeah, I know he's got a long way to go. I, I get all that, and obviously you, you've got to win. You've got to sustain it. You've got to do it for a long time. To me, he, he's established himself now as, as the Celtics' best player. Maybe not their most important. I still think Kemba, Kemba Walker, your point guard, will be your most important. But uh, yes. before last night's loss, uh, over the last 12 games, he was averaging 26.6 points a game shooting 47% from three over a 12-game span yeah. right before the All-Star game. Oh, his rookie year, he led. He was leading the league for about a third to almost a halfway through the season. In and, and last year, everything went, you know, just fell off. But the difference, here's the difference. His rookie year, they just put him on the right wing and had him stand there as a three-point shooter, and nobody guarded him. Because coming out of Duke, he wasn't known no. as a – I have fun with him all the time. I said – Listen, you couldn't shoot from three before you got to the NBA, and you couldn't guard a lick. And he laughs, and he's like, I was better defensively than, than you give me credit for. I'm like, fine, you were better maybe the second half of the year at Duke, but you weren't you weren't like you are now. And, and that's really a testament to him. He's a smart kid. It translates onto the court. He's long. He's athletic enough. Um, so I think all that plays in if you give effort with all those like Andrew Wiggins, and we're going to talk about Andrew Wiggins in a minute in the trade. Andrew Wiggins has the physical abilities to be not a good defender, but an elite defender. Um, Jason Tatum has some of those same abilities, but again, and I think he's much a higher IQ player than Andrew Wiggins. So when you put it all together, it's really 95% of it comes down to effort. Do you want to be a great defender? And Tatum, that's what he's done. No, he's dedicated. I think he's dedicated himself to being a truly great all-around player, and and uh, they're benefiting him, and, and you know, wonderfully from it. No, there's nothing not to like this year about about Jason Tatum. Yeah, not no, he's he's, as, he's as been as tremendous. Uh, gets the All-Star berth. I think it'll be the first of many. And and as I said, in in ten years, I don't know how many years it's going to take for people to agree uh, with my <laughs> with my proclamation uh, before he ever played. I, I get it was being a little bit. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it was one of those hot. It, maybe it was a hot take. I, I just you could see it. You could just see the talent, the character, 
all of it. The fact that he could score at all three levels. And the part that I think we're starting to see a little bit now, Bob, and I, I've talked to him about it. I said, like, when I first saw you, you could pass the you-know-what out of the ball. And I know he's been more of a scorer at Duke yeah. and over the last couple oh, of yeah. years in yeah, Boston. Yeah. But that's, he could be that. That's not the first thing that comes to mind is passing. Right. No, you're right. Yeah, But he can be that, too. He can average four assists a game. He's averaging three this year, mm-hmm. and it's still early, especially playing with the guys that that he plays with now. It's not pound it, pound it, pound it like Kyrie oh, was doing. Now it's move it. We got to thank our sponsor for today's show, and uh, that is indeed when you start your hiring process, you may have questions. Uh, will you find good applicants to choose from? What about education experience? How will you know you've made the right hire? Indeed is here to help. Uh, Millions of great candidates use Indeed every day to find their next opportunity. You can post a job in minutes and use screener questions to help create your short list of applicants, and you can do that fast. Also, add skills tests to your job posts so you can be confident in your applicants' abilities. Their library of more than 50 skills tests ranges from industry-specific skills like accounting to general aptitude tests like critical thinking. Indeed gives you the smart tools to make hiring decisions quickly and to be confident that you're making the right hire for your team. Post your job today at Indeed.com and get a free sponsored job upgrade in your first posting. That's Indeed.com. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Offer valid through March 31st, 2020. When they're on their good nights, when they're playing right, they move the ball as well right now as anybody. They move it. And and uh, that's the big change from, you know, Poundorama, you know, and and uh, so, it, no, it's been good. Um he has a chance to distinguish himself in another way. Uh, he could become, if he is, because I, I, uh, the greatest player ever to come out of St. Louis. And and uh, who's the right? who's the greatest player ever to come out of St. Louis? I would be my candidate Who? for that, Jojo. Jojo. Yeah. Jojo White's from St. Louis, Vashon High School. Yeah, a well, great high school. Okay, that's where Jojo's from, and I would say he's the Hall of Famer. Jojo's the leader in the clubhouse as the greatest player that I know of. Maybe somebody can, uh, you know yell at me about you forgot about mr x but i'd go with jojo but i think jason by the way i think he is i think he's highly aware of this from something i remember picking up on a couple of times of stories that have been written about him he's very proud of of coming out to st louis and and i think he's highly aware of the fact that he might become the standard of excellence of of the fine city of st louis very interesting very (laughs) interesting all right let's go to andrew wiggins d'angelo russell the big Uh, trade that happened um, in the past week, and Wiggins goes from uh, Minnesota to Golden State. Uh, Minnesota, that's been awful, had to make a move, and they unloaded Wiggins' contract, which looked like it couldn't be unloaded. I mean, it was a bad contract. They paid him a lot of money too early. So when you talk to a lot of people close to, to that situation in Minnesota, they will say they gave him the money too early so that then he didn't have to guard. He didn't have to. He'd already got his money. You rewarded him and said, hey, we're going to give you whatever it was, 100. I don't remember how much. He's got 122 left, four years at 122. You gave him this deal before he had really earned it. You didn't make him work for it, especially in the defensive end. So Wiggins to Golden State, Bob, I love it. And I'm not a Wiggins guy at all because I think Wiggins is mentally soft. I think he plays up and down the levels of his competition. I don't think he defends at a high level when – Again, as I mentioned, he could, but now the expectations are different in Golden State. All he's got to do is be a guy, and he's going to be held accountable from Steph to Draymond, who have completely different styles, 
to Steve Kerr, who knows how to push the right buttons with people. I think this is the ideal situation for Andrew Wiggins to be successful. And he's never going to be a Hall of Famer, in my opinion. But he can he can help him win another championship or two. This, this trade makes excellent sense for both sides. Uh, uh, Wiggins going to the Warriors, who are building for 2020 hyphen 21, 21 hyphen 22, et cetera. And I'm not remotely worried about how many W's they get this year. It's not, and, and everyone, and they know that everyone understands that. And, and that's a, that's a, you know, this is, this is their, their gap year, whatever. We all know who's coming back. We all know, you know, what's, what, what, what they're thinking about for that. And, and he, he will benefit from, I'm going to use the C word on you, the culture of the 49. Oh, it's true though. 40, even the 49ers, the culture of, of the Warriors. It's going to rub off on them. With, and you think Draymond is not is going to let him loaf? No. no. Come on. No. They're going to no. get, in, you know, and Wiggins is the type. Draymond's going to crush him. Oh. And Wiggins is just going to look at him with that expressionless uh, stare. And Draymond's going to, like, get so upset. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I think the difference in personalities there, it's going to find a way to work for Andrew Wiggins and get him motivated more nights than he's been motivated. And part of that is winning, right? I mean, winning should help and playing in meaningful games more consistently than, than in Minnesota where you're just looking to get your numbers. Um, but I, I love this. And, you know, Minnesota, I don't think it makes much of a difference. I, you know, maybe they're, they're better because Russell can score and help um, yeah, I think do a little bit more. But listen, I, I think it's only a matter of time, Bob, before – uh, Carl Anthony Towns demands out of Minnesota. When, when's uh, it going to be? We know that's been you know simmering. You know, if yeah. you were bubbling underneath, uh, uh, just uh, uh, he was super. He would have been superfluous next year to a degree in 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 Golden State. That's why you know I'm saying I'm not worried about this year at all. He will help. You know, put some points up for. What a strange career so far. And I'm not going to take credit for identifying this, but I'm going to repeat with something that was pointed out to me, uh, maybe even on Twitter yesterday. What an odd career, and for a guy who uh, has. Been in an All Star game already, fourth team in five years, who's who's been in an All Star game. There may never have been a player in the in the seventy five year history of this league that uh, or seventy three or whatever the hell uh, that um, uh, has can make that statement. It's an odd career. Amazing. He has talent. I mean, he was not you know the, he was a hell of a player for the Nets last year. And, oh, he's he's talented. And he's had some big games this year, you know, and in, in their L's, you know, <laughs> maybe even a couple of their W's. So no, yeah, but. It's, I, I, the one thing with Wiggins, while again, you always he always leaves me wanting more. But mm-hmm. but the one thing you you, you can say oh, about Wiggins he's is he's low maintenance. He was number one, right? He was number one. MB probably should have been number one that year if he didn't get hurt. But ultimately, he's low maintenance in a sense that he's not he's not gonna get in trouble. He, he's not gonna say anything he shouldn't. He, he, in fact, he doesn't want to talk at all. I mean, he's kind of like Derrick Rose in that they're close in terms of their personalities and they don't say a whole lot. They just don't. They're, they're, they're both, I think, good kids um, who just don't talk a whole lot and don't have great relationships with a lot of their teammates because they're not hanging with them all the time. They're not gregarious, but I think Wiggins ultimately is a, a high character individual and that fits within golden state's culture. Um, okay. But, but they're going to want more out of them. So okay, they're gonna, well, that's because I say, I can't wait to, Uncle Draymond sits him down. Oh, no, he'll do it right in the okay, Or backs him into the corner. Whichever. He's not going to sit him down. He's going to yell at him in front of the whole friggin' world next year, maybe even this year. Now, again, you'd hope maybe Draymond will use this year as a, you know, as kind of a barometer to figure out what he's got and 
how yeah. he can push those buttons. <laughs> the question I still have is, do you bring Steph Curry back at this point? Like, I, I know we've, we've been I'm, through this. I'm, I'm against it. You're against it now. You I, wanted him back. I, I'm against bringing him back. I don't want to bring him back. You you wanted him back, I thought. Of, Did I? I don't, think, well, I, I don't think so. But Well, I, I agree with you. I think it's, it's late enough where at this point – you're playing for the lottery pick. You're playing for the last, we're we're, we're fifty you know, sixty percent of the season's over. Right. On nowhere. And, and so and you bring yeah. them back for ten games, what the hey. hell is that gonna do? Who cares? No, no, I mean, you know, I understand, you know, I you know, the paying customers would benefit if he's himself, but right. no, it's a, I think people are, I have to believe that fans out there understand the deal. Everything that was going on and what, and what yeah, they know. They know. I have to know. I may be out there in a couple of weeks. So, I don't know if I'll go to a game now. Maybe I'll go to a game just to try to interview Andrew Wiggins, who who was maybe one of the handful of worst interviews that I've I've ever done when he was in college. And even if I've talked to him afterwards. And again, I don't mean to take a shot. It's not a shot at Andrew Wiggins. He just doesn't he doesn't enjoy it. That's not him. He'd rather just I don't know what he'd rather do. I, you know, I don't know if he loves the game either. That that's no, part of my question with him. Does I, I, he love the game enough? I can enumerate a few of those stories for you over the years, you know, that uh, that it's people assume that they all are as passionate about the game as we are. And 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 the answer is uh, m- most of them, but not all of them, all of some of them, they, they are uniquely gifted and they understand it where the talent can take them. And it's a way to make a living. But uh, on their off nights, they're, they're not watching the game. I mean, you know, just I'm talking people don't understand this, that, that, that these people are out there in the game and any sport. I'm talking about. The best. This is any sport whatsoever. Yeah, um, I, I just got to get two things going yep. little off my one before, right. you know, before we close or, or think right. about closing. One, uh, the Zion thing uh, is getting like, hot and hotter by the day. Last yeah. night, thirty-one points, nine rebounds. When you see the the way he gets it done, uh, it, it is so, so much fun. out of fact. In the, you know, it's just. He does what he does because he's got this unique gift and he understands how to use it. That's the thing. And, uh, and, and my God, he's played 10, what, 10 games. Uh, he's 19 years old. It, it's all of a sudden, yeah, I am really fired up about, you know, Zion, even more than I thought I was going to be a and B and a college thing. Yep. Uh, I told you I was going to watch the other night. I watched Gonzaga and St. Mary's Yep. and people, Gonzaga made 14 of their first 15 shots in this game. <laughs> they could shoot. They could shoot. And, and it wasn't, they weren't all layups. They can rotate as good a rotation of useful, of what I call UBs, useful bigs, as any college team I remember in a while. Yeah. They and they're different. They're different. Big guys. Yes. yes. The rotation that they can put out there with these big guys is, uh, you know, and ultimately, though, if they're going to go all the way, Tilly has to be healthy. That's has, the one yes. thing that has to happen. And, and of course, the kid, Ayayi's been really good at the point. That's been the difference for me. I didn't think this kid, Jay, I, I didn't even know anything about him. He barely played last year. And uh, they had a freshman coming in who left the team before the start of the season. He was going to share it with, uh, with with his grad transfer from North Texas. And ultimately, Ayayi's been the difference. But you're right. Without, without a healthy Killian Tilly who can stretch the floor, uh, who gives him a big down low? He can he can just do everything. He's smart. Um, yeah, I, I I agree with you. And and as far as Zion is concerned, nine games, uh, <laughs> averaging twenty one and eight in twenty seven minutes a game. And my saying is always going to be with Zion. Uh, anybody who doesn't like Zion, 
I don't like them. The thing I worry about, keep him in the game. Keep him on the floor. Yeah, have to. Can't let him do anything. Like, honestly, if he's not playing in a game for the team that pays him, whatever team it is, he's not allowed to play. He's not allowed to do a slam dunk contest. You're not allowed to do a rookie's game. Nothing. You can't play in anything. We're going to put you... In, in a in a container and and we're we're not going to let you get hurt like you know you, yeah. you just you can't can't afford it because that proverbial jury is out on on the body type holding up and yeah. and and, and, and you know the, the the incidents that we've already seen with him the injury uh, circumstances that we've already known you know I, I don't want anything to derail this this is this is going to keep us uh, interested in the sport of basketball for another 10 or 12 years, for sure. If he's the, the last, all right. Yeah. So we'll, we'll close with this, uh, since the transition is good going from Zion Williamson and Duke, where he played a year last year, uh, Duke played Carolina this past weekend. You watched it. Uh, Duke, Duke should have won by a hundred because Carolina stinks. As we saw last night when they lost to wake forest, who stinks, but somehow it was a game for the ages. I mean, it was unbelievable. Went in overtime. Trey Jones misses a free throw on purpose. It was like the perfect missed free throw. He should teach every person at every level how to miss a free throw, then hits a shot to tie it. They go into overtime, and, and Duke wins it. It was it was an unbelievable game. Twice in the last two weeks we have yeah. seen this work. Uh, there was another one I, 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 that was controversial in the NBA about whether he came out. The guy who banged the ball off the front of the rim. Left too in, early. Came over left too early. This one was the thing about this one was he angled it off to the right where he could go after it and go and get it in the traffic. That was astonishing. No, it's always been a way you never would have thought. The only way we've ever seen it work in the past is to loop it up, you know, our high arc hit the back rim and, yep. and hope that an ensuing tip in or melee you get the you get a put back. But this this worked twice. It's worked. A game changer, Bob. It's a but game changer for the missed free throw. Everybody's going to have to work. Every high school, college, you got to start working on it now. But this yeah. kid is so smart. That's honestly oh, not a great shooter, but but a but great he took shooter. Over the game. He had 15 straight points in this game at one he point. Can, he could score. Great Jones. He, yeah, he can really straight. score. All right. So my question wasn't to dissect the game yeah. with you. My question was to dissect the rivalry. Oh. They're 10 miles apart, Duke and Carolina. People fight about whether it's Duke or Carolina, Louisville or, or Kentucky. In college basketball, whether what what's the best rivalry? It's Duke Carolina because they play twice every year. Kentucky Louisville only play once. It's probably more hatred between uh, Kentucky and Louisville. Certainly when Patino and and Cal were there, there was. <laughs> Give me your best rivalry. You've covered Red Sox Yankees. Yeah. Um, you, you've probably gone back to some other ones. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else Alabama Auburn football. Well, I, well, I, I'm I trying think, to think of what I else think, I'd put up there. I mean, I, Lakers Celtics back in the day. Ohio State, Michigan. You know, those yep. people always tell you that that's yep. that's there uh, for sure. Uh, but the one that Alabama Auburn doesn't intrigue me because that that whole business with Coomer's Corner and the tree and all that 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 just put the whole thing on another level. And some of the stuff, you know, I'd like to uh, some of the I, I bet Paul Feinbaum. Best of calls to Paul Feinbaum during the Alabama Auburn week would be a real bestseller, don't you think? <laughs> no doubt. No, there's but, some. There's plenty he's got to hang up on. There, uh, one I lived, I grew up with a little bit was Villanova St. Joe's. Good. Very good Philadelphia, a Big Five rivalry. Uh, that, that was a good one. I was thinking about high school rivalries I grew up with too. You know, with uh, <laughs> but Trenton Catholic, Trenton High. But you know, that was that was in the fifties. But we'll, we'll, we'll move along. What's that. your best rivalry? What is your number? You're going with one rivalry that's number one in sports history. 
What is it? I th first of all, I think the college ones supplant the pro ones. So, you know, the best one I know of in, in, uh, in, in my lifetime uh, is the Red Sox Yankees in terms of, of, of uh, uh, professional sports, you know. Um, but uh, the Dodgers and Giants, you know, growing up in, when they were still in New York and Brooklyn, was there were some amazing things, including an umpire getting attacked at home plate, uh, George Major Kurth one time, uh, including having the manager, uh, Louis DeRocher, uh, during the All-Star break in 1948, Leave the Dodgers to go to the Giants. I'm, I'm sure that went over real well. I remember that. I remember uh, hearing yeah. about it. But and all kinds of stuff that happened. But uh, I, I think Duke, uh, here's the thing I kept thinking of during the game, and who and he was and he was doing the game. Jay Billis was doing the game. Yep. Jay Billis Duke '86. Jay Billis, whose promo that you ran all week about Duke Carolina always delivers, right? And I had that voice ringing in my head even while I was listening to him broadcast the game. He, is, is he beaming? Is he preening? If he didn't pull a peacock on people and say, didn't I tell you, you know, after that game, you know, when, when, and by no way should it have been a game with Duke, no who they are, Carolina, under 500 entering right. that game on merit. Now, if Cole Anthony hadn't gotten hurt, that wouldn't have been the case, right? They would have. Yeah, I mean, he makes them better. Nine instead of 10 and 11, but they were, right. they definitely wouldn't be under 500. Right? No, they, they'd have a chance, I think, if Cole Anthony had been hurt all year to make the NCAA tournament because it's it's that bad of a year. The bubble's that weak right now. But, but I mean, again, it just goes to show you that there's always something. I mean, Austin Rivers hit a big shot years ago. Um, there's always something in that rivalry. That now, it, there are rivalries that, that bubble up and, and, and have a short term. And, and, and you know, right. we don't, you are aware of one. I know you saw it, and I, I came aware of it a couple of years ago. And that's Cincinnati and Xavier. Yeah, oh, it's great. Right, an intra-city rivalry. And that, that's a venomous rivalry, is it not? Yes, and, and those are the best rivalries, in my <laughs> opinion. You know, that's why I said Louisville-Kentucky, mm. when they were both at the top, and you have Patino and Cal, who hated each other. Now it's like, you know, Calipari and Chris Mack, they don't really know each other. It's, it's just different when you have the managers, the fan bases, even Cincinnati Xavier. It was venomous even more so when they got in the fight years ago, when, when Chris Mack was coaching, Mick Cronin was in the other side. You had Sean Miller and Cronin who hated each other. Um, I, you know, I feel like Red Sox Yankees hasn't been that way for a while because you don't hate the Yankees players like you used to. No, you know, you're so right. You're, how can you not like Aaron judge? Right. You got to so like likable. You got to love the guy. I mean, I, I never disliked Jeter. I, I mean, I, I thought Jeter was oh, Bernie. You couldn't hate Bernie, Bernie Williams. Bernie with his guitar. I mean, right. come on, no, you the last right. hateable. If you're a Bostonian, the last hateable Yankee player was it like Paul O'Neill? Well, if you, I'm, I'm about uh, Nettles. You know that group. You know the Nettles, uh, the late Thurman. Oh, Munch, you hated them. You yeah, know, you hated them. If you're, Reggie, Reggie could be obnoxious. You know, in the eyes of people, if you're not I think on, like you Paul O'Neill. Well, yeah, you know? I, yeah, but I didn't have. Yeah, I, right? I was. Yeah, yeah, but no, now, no, that's not about that. No, no. Uh, another edition of the Ryan and Goodman podcast. We covered a big, wide landscape today, Jeff. We did. We did college. We did NBA. We did a little bit of everything. Uh, we got the the NBA All Star game coming up, so I don't know how much time we'll waste on format. that. If you figure out that format in the fourth quarter, let me know. Listen, I, <laughs> I covered that that where they they took it from the basketball tournament. This guy, a local guy, Jonathan Mugar. He came up with this. Well, he helped come up with this fourth quarter thing. I still don't know what the hell it is. I don't know what it is. I don't. You got to. At a certain point in the fourth quarter, they kind of freeze it, and first team to get to a certain score I, wins. I, I, I That's when the game ends. Bob Ryan hates I, it. 
the, the what I want is international versus USA. That's what I want. Yeah, that's, they should do it game. now. That's the game I want. Because you know what? They'd actually play for something there. Oh. There'd be some level of pride for both teams. You're absolutely right. Bob, that's that's actually a great idea. I don't know how many people have talked about it. And you'd have to look at how many international players. The problem would be that there would be fewer all-star designations for for the Americans, you know, than than twenty instead of twenty-four, you can only have twelve. On the, or you know, I mean, but that would be the best game we could have right now. That would be the most interesting game. The one that would stoke the most interest, would, by far, to me, would be an international versus versus uh, USA. And, and well, we'll talk about that more uh, uh, next week. I think we should we should hit on that a little bit more. That is intriguing. Uh, I'll count up the the amount of international players that are in this game, and uh, it might be too few. It might it might only be. A handful, I hate to say. So it, it would be hard to do it because you're right. You'd be it taken would away. Be so motivated. It would. No, it would be way more fun in a sense because honestly, the game itself has kind of become irrelevant. I oh, went a couple of years uh, ago yes, in New Orleans. I want no. We can talk about it next week. Um, it, it's upset. Okay. I, I, we'll I hit it next week. When it was a game and there were some damn good ones, and right. and I would lament the fact that this gen, these generations that succeeded have have allowed this game to become. It's only because the players have treated it the way they treated it right. that that we've got to this state, and I, I think that's lamentable. So, yeah. and there you have it, Robert. We'll talk about that next week on the Ryan and Goodman podcast. There you Two have it. Legends in basketball analysis. With over 70 years combined experience, this is the Bob Ryan and Jeff Goodman podcast. NBA, some college, a little bit of everything. You know, what can I say? But it wasn't going to happen here with him. I was okay with it because it wasn't about talent, I didn't think. All right, let's get right to it.